Uh, well, I'm glad you're here this morning. We're going to take off. So, uh, are you listening? Yeah. Are you really listening? Yeah. That's what we're going to talk about today. Are you really listening? Occasionally, I, uh, I say, if you're listening, say, I am. Now, it's not mine original. I, I heard a, a preacher say that, and every time he said that, uh, he would kind of regain my attention because it's pretty easy for us to uh, get distracted while we're listening. Uh, I think you have a right to expect that uh, every Sunday your church pulpit is is pre- is filled by somebody, a man that's prepared to preach God's word. I think you have the right to uh, to expect that. I think I think you have the right to expect preachers who who have prepared themselves uh, with however much time it takes to prepare a message. I I think you have the right to expect preachers to pour themselves into preaching God's Word to you. I think you have those rights of all those things. But what does the speaker have the right to expect from you? Now, this morning, I don't want you to think that I'm trying to identify some kind of problem here. I told you the last couple of weeks that's not the case. Uh, I was just reading over in Acts chapter 10, if you want to turn there, Acts chapter 10, and kind of looking at Peter and the expectation that Peter had. Charles Spurgeon uh, he was a preacher from the 19th century. I imagine you've heard of him if you've been in church. He, he said that the hearer needed to prepare even more than the preacher. Now, I want you to think about this, and I liked what he said. He said, we are told that men ought not to preach without preparation, and that's granted. But we add that men ought not to hear without preparation. Which do you think needs the most preparation, the sower are the ground. <clears throat> Last week, <clears throat> I was, actually it was Friday, I thought my ground was finally dry enough to plant. Uh, we've Denise has planted some stuff, and we have a patch we had, and I got my tiller out, and I plowed. It was dry enough, and I plowed and dug a trench, and uh, it was thundering, and it started sprinkling, and I was like, I'm going to get this stuff planted, and uh, and I got all the ground prepared, and, and I knew I had it whooped because all I had to do is drop the seeds in then and come back and cover it up. So if you're a planter, uh, if you're a sower, you know that uh, sowing is kind of the easy part. It's the, it's the preparation that takes the, the work, and that's what uh, Spurgeon said. He said, which do you think needs the most preparation, the sower or the ground? I would have the sower come with clean hands, but I would have the ground well plowed and harrowed, well turned over, and the clods broken before the seeds ever come in. It seems to me that there's more preparation needed by the ground than by the sower, more by the hearer than by the preacher. So uh, I can kind of attest, I speak regular, you know, I, I, I'm usually here every Sunday, and I, if I'm not here, I'm usually speaking somewhere, and... Um, as I speak, sometimes I, I think, boy, I just missed it today. Uh, and later I find out that somebody, will, two or three people say, boy, I really liked that, you know. And I, I'm thinking, well, why don't I missed, I completely missed, which tells me that it's not about me, okay? And there's other times that I feel like, boy, I hit a home run today, and only to find out that I struck out, you know, and I thought, I just thought I... Uh, I hit a home run, <clears throat> but generally speaking, I believe it's true to say that uh, that those who receive the most from a message are those who come prepared the best. 
And that's what we're going to talk about this morning is how do we prepare to really listen? How, how do we prepare ourselves for that? So we're going to talk about Peter. He, <clears throat> he's left Joppa. He headed to Caesarea. He's going to see a guy named Cornelius. And at Caesarea, they met Cornelius. Uh, and he had gathered some folks to hear what Peter's message was. So uh, I want you to think about that. He, uh, Cornelius hears that Peter's coming. So he gets a bunch of folks together and says, Hey, you've got to come hear this guy. We're going to talk more about that in just a minute. Now, what were they wanting to hear? They wouldn't want to hear Peter preach. I'm sure probably most of us here have somebody we like to hear speak. I like to hear Adrian Rogers speak. He's from Alabama. He's got that kind of that Alabama accent. And then on top of that, he's got a real deep voice, you know, and it just booms. He's dead now, but they've got messages from years and he's on the radio every day, and when I can, I like to catch him and, and listen to him speak. Now, he's always got a good message. It's not about listening to him, but uh, I've learned over the years that he, he always has a good message, and, and I use some of his points and some of his ideals a lot of times, but, but they weren't coming so much to hear Peter. They realized Peter had something to say because Peter was bringing Christ to them. They were Gentiles, so... Uh, Cornelius gathers these people around, and, uh, and here's what it says. Now, we're going to start reading in Acts chapter 10 and verse 24. Basically, if you like to read during my message, and you can listen and read, and, uh, then you can read that whole chapter starting in verse 1, because we're kind of going to refer to that. But we're going to jump right in verse 24, and it says, And the following day they entered Caesarea, nor Cornelius was waiting for them. He had called together his relatives and close friends. Now, I want to just pause there. Wouldn't that be great if we done that? Not to say, hey, we really like Jake. I, I've heard myself talk. I know I sound like a hillbilly from, uh, from East Texas, and that's what I am. I mean, I realize where I live, how I was raised, uh, uh, so much so that when I was up in Allen, the, the youth minister at First Baptist McKinney, said, I want you to come teach a group of my kids in a Disciple Now weekend. He put me with these boys that were kind of in ag type guys, you know, and, uh, and it didn't take me long to see that they were kind of like me. And uh, this guy was more like my brother-in-law, who's, who's a little bit more preppier than I am. And, uh, and so we were gathered there at one of the activities, and I went to Grant, and I said... Uh, Boy, these are some country boys. He goes, oh, that's why I chose you. <laughs> he said, I knew y'all would fit in together. So I understand where I am, but it's not about me. Wouldn't it be great if we said, hey, relatives and close friends, I want you to come hear the message that God has because that's what Cornelius done. He, he gathered together. He said, this guy named Peter's coming. He's got a message from God, and I want you to come hear what God has to say. In verse 25, as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him, fell down his feet, and worshipped him. But look at verse 26. Peter lifted him up and said, man, stand up. I'm just a man. I'm just like you. I, I'm just a regular man. But Peter had a message from God. He had prepared himself for what God would say in verse 27. And as he walked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. 
So he's walking along, Cornelius comes, he bows down. Peter says, man, what are you doing? Stand up, it's just me, you know, I'm just a guy. And Cornelius says, well, come on to my house. Peter gets to his house, he walks in, he finds this good big group of people that have come together. Then he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to another one of, of another nation. Now, you know what Peter's talking about? Peter's a Jew. Cornelius is a Gentile. So he comes into the house and he says, hey, you know, uh, as far as Jewish law is, uh, I shouldn't keep company with you. I shouldn't even be here with you. Then he said to them, uh, on down in that verse, but God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Now, you might say, why would he address that? Well, you better believe this. They understood that Peter was a Jew. They understood that, that they were Gentiles. They understood that that mix wasn't going to happen. So there had to be some people there going, man, we're fixing to have a clash. Oh, Cornelius has done got us in a bind with the Jewish people. So I think Peter just addressed the elephant in the room, so to speak. He, he walked in and said, hey, I understand what you're thinking. But God revealed something to me. He showed me that I should not call any man common or any man unclean. Verse 29, Therefore I came without objection as soon as I was sent for, I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? So Peter's there. He kind of dresses the elephant in the room. He says, I came just immediately. I wasn't obligated to come. I, I didn't object to coming. But why have you sent for me? Why am I here? And Cornelius had been prepared by God. God had been speaking to Cornelius and, and had been preparing him. And, and God had been preparing Peter, and Cornelius had been praying for Peter, and it was a kind of a, a God moment when those two came together, and, and they were not only the ones who had been prepared. Look in verse 33, if you're following on in your Bible. After the kind of the rehearsing for Peter, the, the circumstances that led to his request in verse 30 and 32, he says, So I sent you immediately... And have done, it has been well that you come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all the things God commanded you. So Cornelius says, Hey, this is why you're here. I've been praying for you. God's been teaching you some things. I understand that you learned some things, and that's the first part of Acts chapter 10. And we've all gathered to hear what God has commanded you to say. We're all here to hear God's message from you. I want you just to think about that. Cornelius had prepared his whole household. So they were there and they, they were anxiously awaiting to hear Peter. They were excited about what God was doing, what God was saying. God had prepared Cornelius, the preacher, and Peter, and the audience. So God had prepared all three of those groups to come together and they were prepared to listen. They were prepared to hear. Cornelius was prepared to reach out. Peter was prepared to bring a message and, and all of those things go together. When we go to church, you don't receive a, a good message. Sometimes it's because our hearts wasn't prepared right. And folks, I want you to know I've sat where you sat up for years and years and I've I've doodled, I've colored in every zero on the bulletin and every nine and made it into a zero or a B. I've, I've drawn things, I've drawn grapes. You know, have y'all ever drawn grapes? 
you know, just start with a zero, a circle, a circle, a circle, and, and just V it out and then draw a little stem on the top with a couple of leaves. You know, I, I became an artist sitting in church waiting for the preacher to get through. I, I've been there. I've done that. I've come to church completely unprepared. I've come to the church and sat in the choir loft and talked about something that happened Saturday night halfway through the message just sitting there talking, you know, and, and how distracting was that for folks? So, so I understand that sometimes when we come to church, our heart's not prepared. But this morning, if we would say, you know what, I'm really listening, it's because we've come with a prepared heart. So first we see the preparation of Peter. Peter received a vision from the Lord. I don't completely understand, I don't think any of us completely understand the division between the Jews and the Gentiles. There was a clear division there. The Jews did not want anything to do with the Gentiles and vice versa. The, Jews, the Gentiles didn't want to have anything to do with the Jews. And all of a sudden in, in chapter 10 verses 9 through 16, God begins to work in Peter's heart and he begins to show him some new truths that opened his eyes about the Gentiles. So as his eyes are open, we see in, in uh, I'm not reading these scriptures, but in, in uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 28, that, that God gave Peter a new truth, and that was what he said to Cornelius, that, that God has taught me some things that I shouldn't call anything or any man uncommon, any man common or unclean. So that the Jews, the Gentiles were just commoners. They, they, you know they called them barbarians. You know why they, they called them that? Because... They, when they heard a Gentile speak, they just heard blah, 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 blah. That's what they said. That's all I hear, and they're barbarians. You know, they're, that's what they are. That's where that actually came from. So, so they were just common people and unclean people. But, but Peter says, here's what God has shown me, that, that I shouldn't call anyone common or anyone unclean that he has created. And Cornelius hears that. And he says, hey, you've got to come speak to my family. So, so we see the preparation of Peter. I believe that often that that's the case. The Lord shows us something new, and this doesn't have to be the preacher. He can show us something new in our lives, a new truth that we've learned, and, and all of a sudden we want to share it with others. Matter of fact, I did that this week. I was listening to the radio. I wasn't actually... I actually was listening to Adrian Rogers, come to think about it, and, and it was Wednesday evening. I was coming home from work, and... And he was talking about working. And he said, the Bible says, do not hold the yoke from the children. And I thought, what does that mean? And what he went on to explain, y'all know the, the Bible talks about preparing how the, the young oxen and the old oxen, and they would yoke them together, that they would learn to work together as a pair. And, and the Bible says, hey, parents, we don't, need to, we don't need to spare our children from growing up learning to work. Isn't that great? If you're listening, say, I am. If you disagree, don't say anything, but talk to God about it, because that's what He said. I think we've, we've raised so many generations now that uh, just sit around the house and play video games and take care of sports and school and have fun and, and forget about working. You've got your whole life to work. The Bible says that's not the case. We have to prepare our children. We have to raise them up in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. That's what the Bible says. I heard that. I showed up Wednesday night. Jared came up. I said, hey, Jared, let me tell you something I heard on the radio. I was excited to share that. I was excited to share that with y'all this morning. It went... You know, everybody thought, well, but I was still excited. 
Maybe your heart's not prepared right, but, but anyway, so, so preparing our heart, we, we, we need to understand that we hear, and when we hear something new, and when God reveals something new to us, that we're ready to share it with others, and that's what Peter uh, had to share, and that's what Cornelius understood, and he heard something new, and he wanted to share it with others. And listen to what he says. He said, God has called us together, in verse 28, and showed me that I should not call anything common or unclean. Peter said, I learned that. God revealed that to me. He showed that to me. I never understood it. I'm like Colton said earlier, I grew up in church. I, I was in church. I've heard all kinds of messages. I've heard Sunday school lessons. I've read the Bible. I've done all those things. But every now and then and nearly every week, I'll read something and I'll think, man, I've never read that before. I've never seen that before. I, I've never understood that that way. The Bible says God reveals His mystery to us daily. And folks, when God is revealing things to it, it's because we're in touch with Him and we have a prepared heart to hear Him. Here's the second thing, the proclamation of Peter, verses uh, 34 through 43 in, in uh, Acts chapter 10. I'm going to start just in 34. It says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, uh, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. And that word, you know, was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. So this is exciting to see how Peter packs all of this information in just a real short sermon. That, that's a sermon right there that Peter preached, and sometimes I think we get the, the length of the sermon confused with the effectiveness of the sermon. You may think I do that all the time. I'm always trying to get through, okay? Uh, so so uh, that's certainly not the, the case all the way, but, but here's what Peter said. There's four things that Peter put in his message. You can read them in just those few verses. First, Peter presented Jesus as the peace of God. In verse 36, he says, The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace peace through Jesus Christ, He is the Lord of all. Then in his letter to Rome, Paul writes, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Again in Ephesians, he wrote, For He Himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. So Peter, in that short verse, said God is our peace. He brings peace. He gives us peace. If our lives are in turmoil, Peter said God is the, the Christ is the giver of peace, and He gives us the peace of God. The second thing Peter said in that little message is he presented the power of God. Look at verse 36 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. As believers, we, more, we have more than just the peace of God. We have the power of God. You ever said, you know, I just can't do it. I can't go on anymore. I've, I've reached the end of my rope. If we're Christians, we have the power of God, that, that power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. We have the power of God living in us. And Peter preached that to this group who was hearing, who was listening. The third thing, Peter presented the, the presence of God. In verse 38, he says, For God is with him. He's in the presence. Jesus was more than a messenger of God. Jesus was more than a great teacher. He was the presence of God. 
I can't hardly understand that. When we're born-again Christians, we have the presence of God alive within us. We're not forsaken, we're not abandoned, we're not left alone, but we have the presence of God, we have the, the power of God within us, we have the peace of God living within us. And the fourth thing, Peter presented Jesus Christ as the pardon of God. Look in verse 43, To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will have received remissions of sin. Peter said, hey, when we accept Jesus Christ, when we ask Him into our heart, we have remission of sin. In other words, we have the forgiveness of sins. So in that little short, power-packed message, Peter presents Christ in such a way that Cornelius knew that, that when he met Peter, that, that Peter had a verse for him, Peter had a word for him. And in verse 44, as Peter's speaking it began to touch Cornelius in such a way. Look what he says. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all of those who heard the word. And those of the circumcised who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak in tongues and magnify God. And then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And then they asked uh, him to stay along a few days. You know what? That says Peter's up there teaching that short message. And the Holy Spirit of God is moving within the hearts of the people. And they became convicted and they said, Hey, we want what you're giving. We want Peter. We want to understand who this Christ is. And they accepted Christ. That's not because of what Peter did. Don't miss that. The Holy Spirit came upon them. You know, if we're not prepared, the Holy Spirit's not going to have a place to come. But while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit was already moving within the hearts of His people. I pray every week that the Holy Spirit would give us wisdom and would move within our hearts. That's my prayer every week. Because apart from that, we'll never be prepared for God. We'll never be able to understand God's Word or God's message. Y'all know I mess up enough that, that you could say, man, he, I can't follow what He's saying. Well, the Holy Spirit can unravel all of that and it can make it clear to us. So that's what we see taking place with Peter. <clears throat> Here's the last principle, the third thing. It's the principle of precipitatory. Y'all know what I'm saying? Participation listening. How do you say that word? Participatory. That's the right word, ain't it? Shame, shame is your name if you laughed at me. That's not a word I would use, but uh, as I was looking this up, I, I, I said, all right, this, we're going to participate, but I knew that wasn't the best word, but it probably was. So the, thir the third thing, the, the principle of, of being a participant in listening. So uh, it had to be exciting for Peter. You know, uh, I'll just tell you, and, and you probably the same way, if, you have a, if you've created something, you've, you've built something, you've, it can be a barn, a shed, it could be a, a, a new computer, whatever it could be, and, and somebody says, hey, tell me about your whatever. You enjoy that, don't you? Oh, let me take you out here and show you my barn. I did this, I welded up these. Um, we put this on. We, we just want to show. We want to tell. We want to tell. Well, the same is true when, when, when we have a message from God. It should, we should be excited about the audience hearing 
And, and this audience came to him and said, Hey, Peter, tell us about this word. He had to be excited about that. He had to say, man, I, I'm ready for this. I've been waiting for this. God's given me this word, and, and I want to I I share it with you. But, but you know, sometimes when, when we preach and, and the sermon is going along and, and something happens and, and we just feel like, well, it's not going anywhere. And, and as I said a while ago, you know, the, 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 the ideal that sometimes the preacher thinks he hit a home run and it was a, it was a goose egg. I, talk, I heard about this lady that her husband was a preacher and, and he was digging around in the closet and he found a little cigar box. And in that box, it, it had like $250.50, you know, and, and uh, it had two eggs in there. And he took it to his wife. He said, what? what is this? And she said, well, when we got married, I decided every time you preached a bad sermon, I would put an egg in this box. And, and he said, okay, that's not too bad. Two eggs. But where did the $200 come from? And she said, well, everybody gave me a quarter every time. And uh, I mean, and everybody that gave me every egg, she said, I went and uh, and that's where I sold the eggs <laughs> over the years. So, so as you had a whole box of money, you know, he laid so many eggs. And I, I feel like that, but when the, when the Holy Spirit is teaching, we're not going to lay an egg. When the Holy Spirit is leading, we're not going to say, oh, I just missed that this morning. I, I don't know what happened. So, so contrary to popular opinion, it, it, preaching's not a spectator sport. It's not something we come and we, we so often put our arms out and we say, okay, I'm here, fill me up. I'm here, entertain me, I'm ready. I've paid my money, I've got an hour to spend and, and I'm ready to hear. But preaching is something we participate in. And, and I think there's some things that we can look at that, that gives us an example of how we can participate during the message and during the sermon. The, the Roman centurion he said, so I sent for you immediately, and it was good for you to come. Now we're all here in the presence of God that we might listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. That's, that was the Roman centurion. He said, hey, I've invited you here. We've prepared ourselves. Uh, we want you to come. The, the, after the parable of the sower, Jesus warned the disciples that they should take heed how you hear. So he looked at his disciples. Jesus said, you need to pay attention to how you hear. Take heed to, to how you are here. Too many people see preaching as one-way communication. It's just a one-way communication. It, it's success or failure rests solely on, on the preacher and the delivery of the word. If it was good, then it was good. If it was bad, then it was bad. But, but it's kind of amazing that, that when the listener hears and the listener understands and the listener puts into place what he hears, then you've been a part of that message that day. So there's a, there's a couple of things that are listed here. And I want us to think about it. It's four things. I've got about 12 minutes. And one of those things I want to cover with that clock. You may not be as prepared, as uh, worried about that clock as I am, but it, it's in big black letters, big white letters back there. So I see it all the time when I'm preaching. So, and I try to kind of watch it, but, but there was a, a pastor in the Cayman Islands. He, he gave this definition. And this is in their, uh, in their building, uh, expositional listening. He says, a healthy church member are those who listen in a particular way to the Word of God that is preached and studied. They let, they let God send an agent by speaking always to hear the true meaning of the text. 
so that they can apply it to their lives. You know, a lot of, th- a lot of times little things are more significant than we realize. And when we're preparing ourselves, a lot of times little, little things are, are more important than we realize. So the first is this, a prepared soul. If we want to be a, if we want to participate in listening, we need to have a prepared soul. A communication study shows that generally those audience who come prepare to receive something are the ones who get the most. And in other words, they come prepared to receive something. Man, they, we show up thinking, all right, God has something that He wants me to hear today. God has something that He wants me to do today. God has something that, that I need to hear. And they, they come to church and they're not hearing for a good message. They're here to hear what God has prepared for them. Here's some things you can do. Pray for the message and the messenger. I need your prayers. And pray for me, but don't just pray for me. Say, God... Speak to me today. Make that your prayer this morning. I don't want anybody to feel bad or feel guilty, but did anybody this morning just say, God, this morning as I go to church or during the music, during that prayer time, God, today, please speak to me. We kind of forget that sometimes. God, I want to hear from you a message. Calm your spirit before you come in the house of God. Just calm your spirit. You know, we, I, I know this happens. It happened when I was growing up. Boy, you can, you can be at each other's throats all the way to church. Kids spilt Fruit Loops in the seat, and the husband wouldn't get in the car, and the wife was putting makeup on, and, and they're going to be late, and I'm honking the horn, and pulling and just, yeah, 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 all the way, and walking the door. Hi, how are y'all today? You know, you know you're mad. You've been mad 30 seconds before you walked up the steps and and all of a sudden you're in the building. Calm your spirit into God's house. Take a few breaths and say, okay, God, I'm just in your presence. I want to hear a message from you. I want to calm my spirit and then work on our attitude. Work on, work on your attitude. So many times we, you know, we, we built a building when I was at Fairview down close between Allen and McKinney and it was, it was kind of amazing. It, it was kind of like this building. It's a lot bigger, but, but we had a, a big white front up here and I know our, our window back there is not in. It's, it's, it's finished. We're about to get it put back in, but the guy that installs them broke his, some bone and he can't install it. But anyway, it's refished. But anyway, it was amazing. We had a, half the people there said, I hate that big old white wall up there. I can't see. And half the people said, well, I love that big white wall up there. It just lightens everything up. Well, my goodness, it's just a wall. What? Work on your attitude. Don't come with a chip on your shoulder. Who didn't speak to me? Look at what they're wearing. They didn't say anything. They gave me a cold shoulder. They did this. We did this. I didn't see this. I didn't get that. Work on your attitude. You know those people gathered around in Cornelius' house? I bet they weren't worried about any of those things. I bet it was crowded. It was probably hot. It, was, it, it may have been any number of things, but you know what? They came with a good attitude because they knew God had something to say to them. Listeners with bad attitudes, they're poor listeners. Prepare yourself to receive the message of God and, and uh, prepare your heart. Have an alert mind. That's the second thing. Have an alert mind. Any farmer can tell you when the seed is sown, it, it depends on the condition of the soil. If it's a bunch of clods out there and they've grown hard and they, uh, there's gaps all in them, you plant that seed, it's probably not going to do anything but lay there and rot. 
When we, when we don't have a mind prepared, when our bodies are weary, when we're tired, when we're just on the, the edge of falling asleep, then, then you know what? That's some, that's some rough, cloddy ground, and when the seed's planted, you just miss it. Boy, I missed it this morning. I, I kept dozing off. It's boring this morning, all those things. Yeah, I've been there. I've done all of that. I've slept through church. I said it don't bother for me to sleep. If you want to sleep, that don't bother you. Just don't let your mouth go. Because that is distracting. When you look and somebody just, oh, you know you've lost them, you know. So keep your mouth shut if you're going to sleep and don't drool. That bothers your neighbor. So uh, an alert mind. If, if I, Denise and I stay up late on Saturday nights, that's probably not the best thing, but we do. We were pushing 1 o'clock this morning when we went to bed, and we were pushing 6 o'clock and 6.30 when we first woke up. That won't even go to that story, but... but uh, if you can't if if you can't do that, then get you some rest. Prepare your mind. Be alert. Be on your be on your best when you show up for church. If you need to feel more involved, here's some things that you might not want to hear. Sit closer to the front. I told y'all about going to Prestonwood Baptist Church and getting down on the second row. I wanted to get up there where I could see what was happening. Y'all know the rest of that story, but but come down to the front. It's not bad, and I won't spit on you. I promise. So you don't have to sit at the back if you want to be. Get on up here. Don't don't be overly concerned with the clock. Okay, I'm probably more concerned than y'all are, and I've got five minutes left. Be conscious of your body language. You know your posture, kind of how we are. It it shows our interest and attitude. If you're sitting back here like this, uh, that's probably not the best. uh, I really want to hear what he has to say. It's probably more like, golly, is he still going up there? Nobody's doing that yet. But but be aware of that. Listen listen sympathetically. Okay, y'all forgive my my mess-ups and slip-ups. Some of y'all weren't here. You know, I said uh, Mary dated, who did I say? Alan, what did I say? I know you got, because you hit me first. Jesus dated Mary. <laughs> that ain't that funny, y'all, when you're up here preaching. And how do you know there wasn't some other girls named Mary around that time? You know, so ignore those insignificant slip-ups. It don't matter who's teaching or preaching. If they goof up, just ignore them. I listen to a lot of preaching, and you know what? If If you look at, uh, manuscripts of what preachers mess up all the time. They'll say as we're as we're looking in the book of James this morning, and they're in Acts. You know, I mean, it's it just ignore that. It doesn't matter. Okay, resist resist distractions. You can do that. You know, you can just let a distraction go. And the other thing, avoid being a distraction. So so those are some things to have an alert mind. Here's the third thing: have an open Bible. Uh, I know a lot of us use our, our telephones as our Bibles now. I don't have a big problem with that, but I love to have my Bible out when people are talking because I write and underline and make notes and make marks because, you know, you may want to thumb back through and find something in Scripture and, and uh, you may not even know what you're looking for, but you start thumbing through and you find something that's underlined and you realize God spoke to me through that Word. So have your Bibles open. Uh, uh, bring your Bible to worship. Make some notes. Keep up with some things. As I say so often, James one twenty three says, Do not be hearers of the Word only and deceive ourselves, but be doers of the Word. When we hear God's Word, 
when something speaks to us in God's Word, mark it out in your Bible. That's being an active list. That's participating in the message. And the fourth thing, and this is the last thing, have a receptive heart. You know, the last thing we can do uh, to be better listeners is to have a receptive heart. And by that I mean, you know, put be itching to hear what God has for you. Be itching to put that into practice. Just come saying, God, I, the Creator of the universe, the, the Lord of lords, the King of kings has something to say to me today. And come wanting to hear. Therefore, we are all in the presence before God to hear all the things He has commanded you by God. That's verse 33 that we read while ago. Doesn't it take on a new meaning now? Therefore, we're all in the presence before God. We're all here to hear the things that God has commanded to you. Cornelius acknowledged that Peter had been sent by God and to communicate with them, they came prepared with a heart. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning and as we come to a close, I, I, you know, this morning, I, I, like I said, I find myself so often in the same situation. I still occasionally, you know, I'll go hear someone preach or I'll be in a, a study somewhere or I'll be uh, involved in the, you know, in Jamaica and in a men's group that has several different speakers. And if I don't stay engaged, if I'm not taking some notes, if I'm not following in Scripture, if my, I, my mind can wander that quick just in no time. And I might miss what God had for me in that second. The good news is that that people that know those things, expert tells us that listening improves with practice. Listening improves with practice. I'm not up here saying I've got the, the greatest message, the greatest speaking voice, that you need to hear what I have to say. But I am saying this. God has a message for each of us. I do the best I can to, to, to say what God, I believe God wants us to know. But only the Holy Spirit will be the teacher and the one who imparts wisdom upon us. So be ready. Anytime the gospel is preached, God is glorified. Anytime the gospel is preached, there's seed sown. Be sure your soil is prepared for the seeds that God would have you to know and understand. Father, I pray this morning through the, the foolishness of, of what a man had to say, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would take those words, that they would fall on fertile ground within our heart. I pray that we wouldn't be hearers of the word and and deceive ourselves, but we'd be ready to be doers of your word. We'd be about excited about things you reveal to us, that we'd be wanting our family, our friends to be involved, and say, hey, God is doing a new thing, and I want you to hear about it. Bring, bring, bring. Not for the glory of the church, not for the glory of the pastor, but for the glory of God. Let's bring them in, that they can hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, how we do that, I pray that you'd open our minds, that you'd open our willingness, that you'd give us ideals, Lord, that we might be about your business and about building your kingdom. And I pray this in the name of Jesus.